This is the Comstock Report Podcast. We are strong advocates for the American family farm and your top source for the agriculture markets. And now, here's your host, David Cruz. This is David Cruz with the Comstock Report on the grains. There is no real change in the U.S. weather pattern, leaving the central and western plains high and dry. Dust storms are starting to develop there, and they'll get worse. I have no idea how you get a wheat crop started in those conditions. The wheat market appears to agree. The fires in the northwest United States are still sending a plume of smoke east across the northern U.S., Winds this week here were brutal, 40 to 60 miles per hour. Most crops are out with stalks filling fence lines. There were also fires in Illinois cornfields that sent up plumes visible from satellites. Hope they had insurance. Yes, there is some rain coming in Brazil the next couple of weeks, but it is the weakest start to a monsoon season there in at least a decade. Our climatologist considers it 40 days late. That means that they have more early harvest committed to China than they will have for an early harvest. Being unable to meet those commitments, some of that demand will get shifted here and further reduce our 290 million bushels projected carryover to pipeline supply. There are wildfires in southern Brazil, too. The La Nina forecast is for the wet season in Brazil to continue weak. Argentine, southern Brazil, and northeast Brazil crops will be the most adversely impacted. The La Nina is expected to extend into spring here, fading into summer. I think the corn, wheat, and soybean markets will be in for huge competition for acres next season. The poor performance of corn on corn and a dry start to next year would put corn at a disadvantage. The fall price for revenue crop insurance being set this month will be higher than the spring price of 3.88. It should be over $4 next February when the next spring insurance price is set. One of RJO's technical analysis said that looking at the charts, that there's no way to tell how high that high is. I fully agree. Weekly continuation chart highs of 468 for corn and 1209 for soybeans are targets, but who knows what could happen here. I think that time and fundamentals are on the bull side until spring, and that correction should be approached as buying opportunities. My fear is that between reduced production, having sold crop too cheap, and now selling more off the combine at perceived higher prices that farmers are being set up. After the past few years of seeing financial statements get wounded, this will not heal if prices go up and they have little to nothing to sell. I'm along in the Bend and the Chicago border trade. The court market had another good day. Higher prices, tightening bases, and bull spreads during harvest is bullish. The September stocks reports that end users came out of the last quarter with very low inventories. End-users are now scrambling to replenish them, chasing the market. It's been a long time since farmers have had this much leverage. I think that someone is going to want to string the USDA up to a tall tree in a couple of months if what I think is happening happens. As I have told you, USDA only has 7 million metric tons of Chinese corn exports in the balance sheet. Their excuse is that Beijing has not issued more tariff quotas than that. The trade believes that actual sales on the books to China may be literally twice what USDA has in its balance sheet. The industry believes that China is on the way to 27 million metric tons through next year from the world. That means that they are going to buy as much as another 400 million bushels from us. That will take our corn carryover down the pipeline supply. So China can keep USDA throttled back on its export forecast by just delaying issuing tariff quotas. 
They are stealing this corn from U.S. farmers. Corn prices in China appear headed for $10 a bushel. Every day now that they do not get the soybeans planted in Brazil, their Safrina corn crop shrinks a little too. I have heard in the trade what the USDA is doing called criminal. On cattle, the cash trade expanded at $1.08, which was a dollar under last week's trade. The choice beef cutout proved that it had not bottomed yet, losing another $1.30 Wednesday. I think that a second wave of COVID-19 can make the cattle market sick again. COVID in winter will depress demand. The corn market had another good day, which weighs on feeder cattle. Higher prices, tightening basis, and bull spreads in the corn market during harvest is bullish. The discount to cash finally helped October feeder cattle, but ranchers do not have any leverage in their market left. Feedlots will pass on weakness. Ranchers support the NCBA, and that will be an expensive membership. You've been listening to the Comstock Report. For more information on marketing opportunities, contact us at Comstock.com or call 712-227-1110. For a more complete version of the Comstock Report with hedging strategies and trade recommendations, subscribe on our website at Comstock.com or reach out to one of our risk management specialists about how we can help you protect your profits.